99. That's how the scripture starts out this morning, 99. That's how old Abram is in the scripture this morning, 99. I want to let you know, even by Bible standards, that's long in the tooth. You just need to understand, that's what he's trying to drive home today. 99 is old, even by biblical standards. And not only is Abraham kind of, and Sarai kind of labeled as old right in the beginning of this, it also lets you know they have been on the road for 25 years. This road trip that we've been looking at over the summertime, they have been on the road trip for 25 years. And you'd like to think that it was kind of a super slab of spirituality. You know, that's the way I'd like to think. We're on the fast track with God. But, you know, when you look at it and you read through all the, you know, the chapters that we've read, you, you begin to see that it, it looks much more like the roadside. <laughs> I mean, that road sign is much more the way that, that Abram's journey has gone. There have been ups and downs and ins and outs and, you know, backwards and forwards. And, and, you know, we'll read in one chapter that what Abram does, every place he pitches his tent, he builds an altar. And you say, oh, man, isn't that great? Man, he is so close to God. And then the next chapter, what you read is that he, is, he tries to pass off his wife as a sister to claim, you know, to save his own skin. And you go, oh, no, he really didn't do that, did he? Well, yes, he really did do that. And then you go down another chapter, and he's given this great gift of, of the tithes as an offering to God and say, oh, this is great. And then he turned right back around, and then he uses and he abuses his slave girl, and you say, no, this is bad. And so, I mean, the road trip is going in and out and, and up and down. And, and, and I just want to tell you, after 25 years of that, I know how I would feel. I, I'd feel kind of a little bent over and a little bit beat up, maybe, you know. That's just my imagination. It's, it, it's a long road, is what I'm saying. It's been a long and winding road. And so we come to this place this morning, kind of this bend in the road, and it seems like God always shows up in the bends of the road in, in uh, Abram's journey. And so God shows up on, in this turn in the road, and, and when God shows up, he says, hey, I am the Lord, the Almighty. I am the Lord, the Almighty. Abraham, stand up and walk tall, because I'm about to do a mighty thing in you. And so Abram's, you know, he's all ears at that point. And so God says, he says, here's what I'm about to do. I'm about to make a covenant. A covenant is a commitment. It is a relational commitment. And since it's relational, it takes two. And so, so God says, I'm about to make a covenant. I'm about to make a relational commitment. And since it takes two, I need a partner. And guess what, Abram? You are my choice. You are my partner. And with that, Abram kind of falls down on his face. You know, this moment is a little too, it's a big moment. So, you know, he falls down on his face. And I want to tell you, friends, if we begin to think about this whole concept, even a little bit, we'd kind of be in the same position that Abram is. We'd kind of be a little bit humbled by the gravity of the whole situation as well because because what is happening here is that as the scriptures open it up it says that god god who does almighty things the way god defines might is not by power it's by people 
The way God defines might is not by power, it's by people. And people not who are puppets, and people who are not pawns, but people who are partners. Partners in the way that God works out God's purposes in the life of the world. And so this is what the scripture is saying, that God is saying about, you know, who God is and, and who we are and, and the relationship that we share. And I want to tell you, that's a radical idea. You begin to think about your life, you know, just you kind of start to, to work with that and not so much wrap your mind around that as let that idea wrap itself around you and around your heart and, and it kind of, it'll kind of change a few things. And so Abram falls down on his face. He says, man, this is, this is a big deal. And then what God does is God begins to, to open up what it means to, to live in that partnership, to live in that covenant. He says, Abram, when you try that out, when you live into that, when you lean into that, when you learn about that, when you, when you see how it fits, when you see how it feels, what you begin to find, it begins to shape who you are. It begins to change your identity. It begins to kind of some work some new things in you. And so your name is not going to be Abram anymore. Your name is going to be Abraham because something's changing within you as you begin to live in that, that covenantal relationship. It will change your identity. Abraham, father of a, of a multitude of nations. And this covenant, this whole idea of living in committed relationship, it's, it's about you, Abram, but it's, it's much, about much more than you. It's not about simply a person, it's about people. Hundreds of people, thousands of people, millions of people, billions of people. You know, what God is describing is how this covenantal relationship is multiplied into the life of the world. And, and the image that's used, not in this scripture, but in other scriptures in relation to, to understanding how that covenant multiplies, it's like the sand, the grains of sand on the seashore. Counting the grains of sand, that's how many people are involved. And I mean, you ever pick up, you know, a teaspoon of, of sand on the, on the shore and kind of count, count how many grains of sand are in there? And you think about the description here is all the sand as you look down the whole shore and every shore in the whole world. And that's how many people are going to be kind of caught up in this whole thing. And then God says, you know what? There's people upon people upon people. It's a multitude of nations. It's, it's diverse. It's varied. It's wide. It's inclusive. It goes out and takes in all these cultures and all these different ways of living. A multitude of nations across the world and across all time. He says it's perpetual. So it's this perpetual covenant that goes through all times, through all peoples, in a way that God is, is moving God's purposes forward in and through the life of people. God says, I'll give this people a place. There'll be a people with a place in this world, a place to raise their kids, a place to raise their crops, a place to, to grow up and be a witness for me. God says, here's the bottom line. I will be their God. That's the bottom line of the whole thing. That is God's choice. I will be their God. And then God says, you know what? That's my choice. And what I'm going to ask of you, I'm going to ask you to receive a sign. I'm going to ask you to receive a sign that shows that, that you're in, that we're partners in this together. And, and, you know, it's a sign that can't be lost, 
can't be stolen, can't be forgotten. It's a sign not for my sake, because I don't need to be reminded, but you know what? Sometimes Abram may need to be reminded. So, you know, it's a, it's a permanent sign, a permanent reminder for a permanent relationship. In the scripture this morning, the sign is circumcision. The sign is circumcision. It is a cutting away so that they always re would remember that they were added in. A permanent cutting away so they would always remember they were part of, that they were added in as a people. And then God says to Abram, remember your partner, Sarai, and all of this? She's going to be my partner too. And her name is no longer Sarai. Her name now is Princess. That's what Sarah means. It means princess. Her name is Princess, and Princess is going to have a son. And through that son, boy, that, that covenant is going to spread out just like I described to you. And, and that's, how it's, that's how it's going to work. And with that, Abram falls down on his face again. And he falls down on his face this time so he won't laugh in the face of God. At least that's the way I read the scripture. He falls down this time so because he doesn't want to laugh in the face of God. Because you see, what Abram believes, I mean, he believes that God is almighty. And as being almighty, God can do whatever God wants to do. He believes that God is a covenant God and that God wants to live in committed relationship. And he believes all that about God. The thing that he wonders about God is about God's choice of a partner. That's what he's laughing about. It's about God's choice of a partner. He comes along and says, God, you know, I, I hear the plan, but have you checked Sarah and I out recently? I mean, I'm 100, and she's not 90, and we're talking about babies here, right? You know, so the, the whole point of the thing is I'm not qualified. I am not qualified to be the partner. I am not, we're not qualified to live in covenant. You're, you're going to need to get a, another partner because... This whole thing is just kind of laughable. I want to tell you, friends, I understand that. And maybe you understand that, too, because the words of the Scripture come to us as well, that God wants to live in covenant with, with all of us and wants us to have that committed relationship. He wants to have that committed relationship with all of us. And, and we don't doubt that God is mighty and that God can do that and that God wants that. You know, that's, you know, oh, okay, I, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, the question is, when I look at my life, and maybe when you look at your life, what are the signs that we see? What are the signs that I see? about my qualifications, about your qualifications, because my life and maybe your life is just like that sign, you know, <laughs> it's going back and forth, and sometimes we do things that say, man, this is really good, and I'm really in, and this is really working, and sometimes we do things that say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that just happened, and I just did that, and then we go back another way and say, hey, that was really, that was really special to be part of that, and that was good, and then something else happens, and you know, the road takes a different direction, back and forth and in and out and ups and downs and, and you kind of get through all that and you get to feel a little bit bent up and you know beat up bent over and beat up you know you kind of get the feeling a little bit that way and sometimes you just look at it and say you know what the whole thing of me being a partner with God is just a little bit funny it's just a little bit laughable and then Abram he has this epiphany. And the epiphany 
is this. That when it comes to living in covenant, it is not about him. It's not about him. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about our qualifications. It doesn't rest on us. It doesn't rely on us. It, that's not what living in covenant is about. It doesn't rely, rest, count, depend on you, on me, on Abram, on Sarah. It doesn't. It rests on God. It relies on God, it depends on God, it counts on God, on who God is, on what God does, on how God chooses, and what God wants to do in and through you and me, in all the bends of the road. In all the bends of the road, God can be at work. God's with us, God loves us. God says, I'm your covenant God. It's God's choice. And so, what God is looking for I think, is a willing partner. What God is looking for is somebody to give the sign that I'm in. And you know, back in the old days, the sign was circumcision. But when you read into the New Testament, it's beautiful. They don't use so much the term of circumcision of the flesh. They use this beautiful term in Romans, the second chapter, the circumcision of the heart. It's a heart-to-heart thing. It's, it's this whole notion that what God does is God opens up God's heart to us and the sign of God's desire to be with us is his son. The covenant that we share is based on his son. That's the sign from God's side. And so what we're invited to do is we're invited to receive that sign. We're invited when we come forward in communion this morning and when you kneel, what I'm going to invite you to do is to really listen because the person who's going to come by is going to break the bread and they're going to say, this is the body of Jesus, the body of Christ, given and broken for you. It's a covenant statement. And then they're going to come by with the Jews and they're going to say, this is the blood of Jesus, the blood of Christ, shed for you. And what we're invited to do is to take that bread, to take that cup and to eat it and to drink it and take it in. To take it in. In ways that what we're taking in that whole notion of a personal covenant, person to person, you with Christ, me with Christ, God's choice and covenant. And then what God, I think, invites us to do is to give God a sign, to give God a sign back. And what I would just invite you to think about this morning or suggest that you do this morning is when you come and when you kneel and when you receive, just take a a moment more. Just stay there a little bit longer. And in kind of a silent time, your personal silent time with God, think again of the words of the scripture where God says, I will be your God. Because those are words to you. And those are words to me. I will be your God in Jesus Christ, the living word that underscores that. That's God's choice. Think of those words. I will be your God. And then I invite you just to respond back. And God, I will be yours. I will be your God. God, I will be yours. I mean, just take a moment when you come and say that at the altar. Because I tell you, when you say stuff at the altar, it's just something about saying stuff at the altar that just really sinks in. And if that's too long to kind of remember and say, what I'm going to invite you to do,
and you kneel, and then give God the high sign. <laughs> give God the thumbs up. Say to God, I'm in. I'm in. You see, because God's in. God is in. And God invites us to come into that covenant. People, as partners, in his purpose, to live out our lives in grace, that we might be signs, signs of the difference that the love of Christ makes in our lives and in the life of the world.